Before we dive into this podcast, we want to introduce you to our sponsor, TylerMade. Established in 2008, TylerMade is a family-owned and run business built on traditional values of trust, honesty, and integrity. When you visit TylerMade's showroom, you'll experience firsthand their commitment to these values through their honest pricing with no hidden fees and service with a genuine smile. Each tile specialist is knowledgeable in all areas from features and benefits to measuring and layout, ensuring you receive the best advice and service possible. TylerMade's vision is to become one of the largest and most successful tile manufacturers of high-end quality products with a stylish and exclusive range of products distributed worldwide to both wholesale and retail markets. Their mission is to manufacture high-quality tiles and surpass expectations by offering competitive prices through an ongoing commitment to customer satisfaction and dedication to continuous improvement. We're proud to have TylerMade as our sponsor and invite you to visit their showroom in Cooparoo or check out their products online at tylermade.com.au. Welcome back to the Supercoach Champions Podcast. You're here with Catfish as always. It is round 26, head-to-head grand finals, the second last week of the NRL Supercoach season for 2023. And with that brings, you know, the end of the reign, the end of the reign of Matty White, the, 2020, the 2022 overall champion turned head-to-head specialist. But uh, apparently poor Matty, uh, not so specialized in head to head either right now. Matt, it's been a rough couple of weeks, but it's good to have you jump on and look, you're still the reigning champ in my book. How's it going, mate? I'm okay, mate. I'm okay. I uh yeah, look, I appreciate the appreciate the sentiment and I appreciate the uh the fact you still used head to head specialist. I uh was head to head focused, but clearly clearly not a specialist. I um yeah, got towed up. No DWZ, no Greg Marzu last week was a real killer. I'm going, okay, look, Supercoach, we, we were chatting off there. It's, it's been a long 25 weeks, still two to go. Um, we still love it, so we're still going to jump in and, and try and make the best uh, movements we can. But I'm almost looking forward to a break. Not looking forward to not being the reigning champ, but a, a break is necessary, I think, and we'll come back better next year. And look, you, you did point it out, but obviously this is an audio medium with the podcast, but Maddie and I can see each other on video and he's proudly displaying his the holy grail that he picked up last year. Uh, yeah, it's it's glorious, mate. So you'll no one can ever take that one away for you. Uh, and yeah, look, 2022 was a magical year. 2023 has been a bit of a battle for yourself, but as long as you're having fun and you, you, you clearly are because you can hear it in the way you talk about Supercoach, so... It's the, that's the best part of it, eh? One of the good parts about winning, mate, has been, been being able to jump on here. Uh, I know sometimes like our lives get in the way of, of being able to podcast and stuff, but it's been really good to, to chat through stuff with yourself and, and Joe. I know we're not in the same city, but um, yeah, it's good to have these chats. For sure, mate. And that's the thing, like I enjoy ch- chatting Supercoach with everyone, uh, whether, you know, whether it's through the podcast itself or, or in person or you know, through our Champs Discord, there's all sorts of mediums that you can use. As long as you're enjoying yourself, why not? Like, there's a great community around. And, yeah, it's been it's been a blast. So, uh, hopefully, we can keep doing it, not just for the rest of this year, but even in coming seasons. But we'll go through all of that uh, in, in the coming weeks. But, anyway, uh, so, look, 12.95 for myself. It, it's, you know, it's okay. It's not bad. I, I've slipped another couple of hundred spots. So, sitting in the 3,300s, unfortunately, that uh, top 1K dream just slipping away couple hundred spots at a time I just can't seem to crack that big week where I'm two three hundred points ahead of the curve where yeah I see plenty of other super coaches managing to jag one of those big massive jumps but yeah it just hasn't happened for me this year unfortunately Joe Fitz I'm glad he's not on tonight because he'd be lording it over me but he had a big one a 1365 he's rocketed himself up to 333rd overall so still tracking strongly I know he's set himself the top 100 as a goal it's getting a little bit tougher for him, but look, he's still in with a the chance there. And Guy, I mean, he's been going so well for so long. Slipped a little bit with a 1293, still in the top 500 though. So it's a fantastic season. 
uh, in in a year where he's just getting busy and busier with just popping out more and more kids. So, <laughs> look, having said that, uh, our five hundred dollar champs only bonus leader. We've got Reese, the coach of Thrones Legion, pacing all of the champs in seventy fourth overall. His uh, jousting mate and Rod, the coach of Team Bozza, unfortunately slipped a little bit. Uh, he's dropped to one hundred thirteenth. So there's ninety three point gap. Uh, definitely not insurmountable, but yeah, look, this is interesting because Rod. You know, he made some certain he made certain decisions last round trying to juggle his head to heads. So not only is he tracking really well and overall, obviously, you know, just outside the top one hundred now, but he was in, you know, multiple prelim finals, like for four different head to head leagues. And yeah, uh, he made certain decisions. He sat Greg Marju for AJ, trying to chase down one head to head league where I think, you know, it's like hundred hundred dollar buy in, so a decent coin on the line, but Gosh, it, it was a regretful decision because not only did he not end up winning that game, but then he's obviously copped the, copped the big L uh, in his one-on-one battle with Reese here. And then I think the poor guy got knocked out of another two head-to-head prelim finals as a result of swapping Mazu to AJ. So I've said it from the outset, it's so hard to do head-to-head and overall well. Rod did a great job getting to where he was, but yeah, he copped the brunt of trying to juggle both in one week. Have you had any uh, horror stories like that for yourself? Oh, last week was a bit of a horror story altogether, really. The guy that I was playing in, in the main, my main focus, um, we had very, I think we only had like four guys that were different. And he had Dallin Wateni's Lesniak for 122 and, um, and also Marju. So it, um, yeah, it was a horror story all around for my game last week. But I, I sort of agree with your sentiment there. Like it, it's, to see people succeeding in overall and also killing it in head-to-head is, is so good to see because it's not easy. Like, I remember last year I burnt so many trades so early trying to build a team that, that could score through the, the middle buy rounds and I just had nothing left to give it when it came to head-to-head finals. So, look, it's impressive for both of those guys. Definitely, definitely. For our Champions League, we've got the Champions 1 League pacing uh, I mean, we've got seven leagues and one of them's in 14th and there's a couple of others floating in the 20s and 30s, so not doing too bad overall, but not as strong as how we started, unfortunately. And lastly, the Podmasters Cup, uh, last year's top-ranked 20-team league, still in seventh, so respectable, but yeah, not quite getting the back-to-back treatment there. Anyway, let's jump over to the news for this week. All right, so as I mentioned, two rounds to go and, look, obviously business end for Supercoach, but also business end for the NRL. A couple of weeks ago, I spent some time talking through, you know, what teams were in and out of the top eight and things like that. But now we've got a much clearer picture, I think. We're getting to the point where we know definitely a bunch of teams are uh, absolutely not even a mathematical chance of making the finals. And we've seen it very clearly, like the, the Titans, the Dolphins, they've all shut down so many players from... Potential injuries for the year because they're no longer in contention, right? So as we make our last trade or trades <laughs> with two rounds to go, as we're considering navigating the tough round twenty-six buy, which is obviously lots of us have Rabbitohs players, I wanted to spend a little time just working through where are we at risk of you know losing players to restings, injury, being uh, injury shutdowns and stuff like that next week because teams are out of contention or, or whatever it might be. So. Look, I think that's starting at the top. Look, Panthers and Broncos, they're pretty much locked in one and two, right? They, they, there's potential that they one of them could drop to third, but both teams would have to leave, lose both games, basically. And, like, the Warriors would have to win both their games by a certain number of points. To, so, very unlikely. So, I'm, I'm seeing those two as locked in for first and second. I think, you know, with both of them having home finals, like, there's a chance if they're locked in, they may decide... You know, if someone's got a niggle, they might not roll them out, right? So prime thought would be someone like an Adam Reynolds, like for the Broncos. Uh, you know, Mitch Kenny's been dealing with something for the Panthers. He's obviously actually quite important to that team, believe, believe it or not. But the drop from Mitch Kenny as at hooker to anybody else they've got there is it's markable, right? You can actually see it quite clearly. So, yeah, I mean, do you have any other thoughts on the Panthers and Broncos there? No, the Panthers are an interesting one. They have been sort of rolling through the restings more than I ever remember them doing um, these last couple of rounds. But you're right, like 
if it's only, I don't know, it's either a thousand, a hundred thousand, or five hundred thousand for winning the minor premiership, I don't think that means a lot to to these sort of big business organisations, right? If if it means a difference between setting them up to win a grand final or not, I think they're going to make the restings. Um, so, look, I'd be nervous to bring in any Panthers or, or Broncos. Maybe Brian Toto is a good one though because he's had a, a week off, so. Maybe not so concerned there, but um, and Cleary's obviously had a big chunk. Yeah, I think that's a good point. You know, anyone who's already had a bit of a t- bit of time off is probably a bit safer to look at bringing in. So, yeah, look, if you don't have Brian Toto, he's not a bad shout. Obviously, given you know two more games, and he's probably unlikely to get another rest straight away. So, uh, moving to the to the Warriors, look, this is a tough one, right? Because by all accounts, they're pretty much locked in for top four. I think they could potentially, if they lose both games and the right teams below them win their games by a certain number of points, they might drop out. But I think they're most likely locked into top four. So, you know, do they have anything to play for? I think if they win this week, they're they're locked in guaranteed to be in either third or fourth. And I guess the question is, do they, how much stock do they put into wanting to finish third, for example, as opposed to finishing fourth? You know, is it better to say travel to Brisbane to play? Broncos if they finish third compared to going to Sydney to play the Panthers in Penrith uh, I think you know I, I guess if I was the Warriors I'd probably be picking Suncorp Stadium <laughs> might be a better venue uh, rather than the other option there so I, I do think bringing in a Warriors player is pretty safe right and I think you know last two matches are still, are still great for them my only concern might be with someone like a Sean Johnson right he is carrying this court injury they might be wanting to rest him because Look, Pompey's done an okay job, but he's not as good at goal-kicking as, as SJ. So, you know, finals time, they're going to want to have that that ability to, yeah, absolutely maximise every try they score, right? So as an SJ owner, I'm a little bit concerned that he might not be playing next week. Yeah, and Tamare is lingering there on the extended bench. I'm sure we'll get to the teams now, but I feel like um, it's a poignant thing to make right now. So they've got the stocks there. Luke Metcalf's killing it, and, and I'm sure Tamare wouldn't look completely out of place with a seven on his back. And Tohu Harris, obviously another really important player for the Warriors who's been, you know, he's just he's just a warrior, right? Literally battling through all sorts of injuries. So again, if they don't have really much to play for, I can certainly see him maybe getting the rest next round. So as someone who has birthed my team, a little bit worried. <laughs> the Storm, obviously, they they have to play well both games. Like, they, they win both games, they're locking, you know, third or fourth overall. If they lose one of the games, they might drop as low as six or seven. So I think they're going to want to make sure that they're winning. So at least finishing top four or consolidating fifth so they get a home final in, in week one of the finals. So that to me says, you know, Storm players are pretty safe to, to bring in if you're wanting to take the risk on someone like that. Uh, and then I, I think there's a, there's a couple of teams here where like, you know, the Sharks, the Raiders and the Knights – and the Rabbitohs, even though they don't play this week, but I think those four, I can't see any players from those teams being rested because they pretty much have to win or that if, you know, the right combination of games happen, uh, results, I mean, like if certain other teams win or lose, they might find themselves dropping out of the top eight, even though even like the Raiders who are pretty entrenched, right? So how, like, are you pretty confident bringing any of those t- guys? Obviously not the Rabbitohs, but Sharks, Raiders, Knights, if you want to bring in players from those teams, are you feeling pretty confident they'll be available for both 26 and 27? Yeah, there's a um, it's a really exciting sort of somewhat log jam from, from 6th through to even, yeah, 9th, 10th. So I think you can bring any of those guys in with supreme confidence. And not only are they going to play, they're going to play with it all on the line. So, um, yeah, I think you, you can bring them in without any shadow of a doubt. Yeah, playing each other, like the Sharks getting Knights and then the Raiders next two rounds, like that's literally, you know, they're, they're playing finals already basically. So, And, I mean, the Sharks, you know, they, they're a little bit more comfortable because they're fifth at the moment and they could sneak into fourth or whatever if the Storm slip up. So definitely a lot to play for for them. The next couple of teams, so the Cowboys, Roosters and somewhat the, the Rabbitohs, potentially as well, but probably more the Cowboys and Roosters. Technically, if they win both the games, like the Cowboys and Roosters, and the right combination of teams ahead of them lose both games, then they could sneak into the finals, right? 
the Roosters in particular, they got the blockbuster against the Rabbitohs around 27. That literally could be, you know, win and you're into the eight or lose and you're out. Uh, or it could just be win and the Roosters knock out the Rabbitohs and then, or, or you know, lose and the Rabbitohs still sneak into eighth there. Uh, which, I mean, the Roosters would love to knock the Rabbitohs out of the finals any week, right? So Yeah, that means just as much as two competition points for them, I think. I'd say so, for sure. So this is where I'm a little bit wor- worried, though, because like, let's say the Cowboys, for whatever reason, they lose this week. I don't think they will because it's the Dolphins, but if they lose, like, do you see them still trotting out their players against the Panthers with nothing really on the line? Or I think if they lose this week to the Finns, I think they'll trot everybody out and, and Todd Payton will trot them out with a, a very long stick um, because, yeah, that, it's been a tough season for the Cowboys and the last thing they'd want to do is cop an L to the Dolphins and then and then cop a hiding to Penrith. So I think, yeah, either way, the Cowboys will be ready to go both games. Okay, I think that's that's a fair, fair take on the situation. And the Roosters, I tend to think, like, I mean, firstly, I really don't think they're losing to the Tigers this round, but stranger things have happened, especially this season. But uh, yeah, if they, for whatever reason, do lose, I still don't think they're going to be resting anybody unless they absolutely have to, you know, because there's a question mark from an injury standpoint. They want to knock the Rabbitohs out of the top eight, basically. So I think bringing players from the Roosters in would be a safe bet this round as well. Outside of that, I mean, you know, the likes of your Ruben Garricks and, you know, other Sea Eagles, Eels players, like they literally have nothing to play for. I know the Eels are, are still a mathematical chance, but everyone ahead of them has to lose and the Eels have to win both their games by like 40 points each or whatever before they're scraping into eighth. So yeah, it's going to be quite some series of circumstances for the Eels to be able to get there. So yeah, I don't think it's happening basically. (laughs) No, pack her up boys, pack her up. Fair shout. All right, we'll jump over real quick to the injuries. What's the matter? Haven't you ever seen a football injury before you wimps? Let's go. We'll start with Rudin Garrick. I just mentioned him, obviously, a really unfortunate incident in the game with against the Warriors where landed pretty badly on his back. It turns out he's been diagnosed as having a effectively a back fracture. So uh, shout out here to NRF Physio and his Patreon because he's given us a pretty detailed rundown. But to, to put it into really simple situation, firstly, like it's there's no it appears there's no serious actual you know structural concerns here for the spine even though whenever you hear the word spine and fracture it's pretty scary stuff right so uh, basically there's no actual damage to the spinal cord and yeah functionally he should have no issues it's just that it's going to be really really painful kind of like he talks a lot about rib cartilage injuries being some of the most painful injuries to deal with so effectively Garrett could just get needled up and go out there and play uh, as it's basically a pain tolerance issue not suggesting that he will at all. And I guess with him being on extended bench, like I'd be shocked if he's playing this week, right? Surely not. Nothing to play for. Yeah, it makes no sense, right? Um, Manly's season is is really gone. And um, Garrick is... It's not like you can ever question Garrick's sort of will to, to do anything for the team. So I think maybe he's earned, earned some time off. Yeah, and... He did give some other examples, like the fastest any other players come back from a similar injury has been three weeks. So that's usually missing two games. So I'd be, again, nothing on the line. Why would you submit Garrick to have to go through something like that? Uh, And he goes on to say, like, if something does happen and it's not as bad as thought or whatever, and he does suit up in round 27, there's still a huge risk of aggravation. And, I mean, I think Enner obviously summarized it by saying, even if he plays next week, he could sit him anyway basically. So with that kind of news, I'm actually looking at Garrick as a pretty easy trade out, basically, if you need someone for this week, obviously, and you know, not even banking him being back next week. I just don't think even if he does play, surely he's like going to be avoiding contact and not getting involved, that type of stuff, right? So obviously, James Tedesco, he's not named. And it's so f- funny how the, like, there's so much commentary about the concussion side of things, right? The category one, category two, and all that type of stuff. Uh, I mean, he went off the field. Commentators were saying that the initial assessment was he exhibited Category 2 symptoms, still had to leave the field to do a HIA. And then the independent doctor reviewed further video and then upgraded the assessment to saying he did exhibit Category 1 symptoms. Now, apparently then still went on and failed the HIA regardless. 
So he's got a diagnosed concussion, basically. So ignore what the independent doc said. It didn't matter because he failed the HIA. And, you know, Teddy's got, I think he's up to nine career concussions, basically. So that's, that's you know, known concussions. There could be more that weren't reported if they happen at training and stuff like that. So, yeah, there's obviously, you know, a long history there for Teddy. It's good that he hasn't been named. Uh, technically, per the protocols, he shouldn't be allowed to be playing within the 11 days because he doesn't qualify for an exemption. So, yeah, he's. I think he'll be back around 27 technically. Uh, so if you've got him, it might be worth holding. Obviously, head-to-head finals, grand final, you know, you trade him out because it doesn't matter if he's back 27. But, yeah, for overall players, it might be something to consider there. The Titans shut down players uh, previously. They've shut down another couple with Jaden Campbell, who's got a pretty serious knee issue, dislocated patella. He's going to miss a couple of months, like four or five months even after the surgery. Phil Sammy's got a list Frank injury. And yeah, he's done for the season, obviously, but he's more looking at a you know, maybe two, three month recovery. So pretty significant regardless there. For the Tigers, obviously Luke Brooks, uh, you know, well done on him uh, finishing up and scoring himself a barbecue, but... <laughs> He's not playing any more games for the Tigers, most likely. he's. I think he's done for the year, right? Got a bit of a calf issue. Yeah. And probably zero motivation to uh, come back and rehab. Zero <laughs> motivation. He's had a few calf niggles throughout his career, hasn't he? Yeah, it was something the NRF actually pointed out. Like, he's he seems to struggle with the calves. They, they, they hold him out for longer than most other players. So it must be, you know, a recurring thing for him. So, again why would they rush him back, right? Especially when he's not going to be there next year. May as well spend that time trying to develop someone or you know, try to find a better solution, basically. Yeah, someone from the park. Well, they, they still have a chance to avoid the spoon, don't they, technically? Technically, technically. <laughs> they win most both the next games and the, the Dragons lose both of them, then I guess that counts. <laughs> well, the Dragons are going to lose. That's a, that's a given, but um, they've got to win two games, which is probably not a given. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of Dragons, Zach Lomax has been named, but he's missed the last two games due to a shoulder issue. I think he's going to be back, but yeah, just a bit of an unknown. Dragons have released zero information about that. And otherwise, there's a, you know, a few mid, mid uh, pre-game withdrawals, like Jack Whiten had a bit of a hammy tightness. Still not named. And he's on the extended bench, though, so he might be coming back potentially. Jackson's ha- Jackson Hastings is always a long shot to play after that, you know, pretty serious an- ankle issue. But it sounds like he's not as – it wasn't as bad, basically. So he could play, and that's obviously great for the Knights. You know, not so much for Supercoach, although I still think when Hastings can play and play well, that just elevates Bonger's game to another level or two, doesn't it? Yeah, he just um, – he just does – takes all the controlling away from Ponga and just allows him to just be an absolute – creative weapon really like when when pong has got the space and doesn't have to think he is so good to watch and and that translates to being excellent for super coach yeah and and look clune did an okay job so i don't think i'd be too worried regardless about what ponga can do in, in the form he's in but with hastings there definitely it's uh it's going to elevate his game more lastly with the broncos being on the bye adam reynolds old man calf strain Look, the word out of the Broncos is that he, if it was an important game, he'd be playing, basically. So, you know, if it was week one of finals, he'd be out there. So pretty minimal concerns. The only thing is, obviously, that uh, with all calf issues, there's always a chance of re-aggravation, especially when you're a little bit older. So that's not ideal, but what can you do? Uh, Judiciary-wise, pretty simple. Just Latrell Mitchell copped the early guilty plea. So he's missing the one game. So not round 26, got the bye, but... Yeah, round 27 gone. And yeah, I guess if you've got Trell, you're trading him out, right? Yeah, I've got one trade. I've got Trell. i got Teddy. i got Garrick. i got Cody. Can I borrow some trades off someone, please? I've only got one and I need that for myself. <laughs> uh, otherwise, yeah, six other players free to play after early guilty pleas and fines. So yeah. All right, let's jump into our team list. Steven, I like your hustle. That's why it was so hard to cut you. Congratulations, the rest of you made the team. Except you, you and you. At this stage of a season, right, I, I think I'm not going to tell you anything you don't know. So I'm going to focus on probably more things that we might be concerned about, potential reshuffles, things that are going to impact teams and maybe matchups that we want to target. 
Starting off with obviously the Panthers and the Eels. This one is at home for the Panthers and they don't get all their players back. They do get Brian Tottle back, which is huge, but still no Mitch Kenny. My boy Hot Scott Sorensen is still sidelined, unfortunately. And yeah, I still think it's funny that Sonny Luke's still on the bench with Jack Conger starting a hooker ahead of him. And Hoskin gets another run in the back row there. And yeah, unfortunately, still no sign of Isaac Tungo. So hopefully you did trade him out when we recommended. I mean, I, I literally said as soon as he was injured, like just get rid of him. I didn't think it was worth hanging on for, especially at that price tag. So fingers crossed you listened out on that one there. With the Eels, they do get back Sean Lane, but he's on the bench. They've shuffled the pack again. So Maddo gets a sudden edge. They could have done that last week, but they decided to put Hopgood there. But anyway, Hopgood back to... Uh, lock otherwise it's a pretty similar looking team with uh, obviously Dylan Brown and Dejan Arzi going around in the halves again I mean is there any way that the Panthers don't just flog them even with all those outs no no there is there is no way um, yeah no, nothing out of the ordinary in this game it'll be a typical Panthers bust through the middle Cleary masterclass on one edge Jerome running a show on the other yeah I think there's not a lot to speak of here right not at all. And, I mean, are we confident, like, Brian Toto? I mean, he was just rested, so no concerns there. But is he scoring, you know, two tries or three tries, you reckon? <laughs> yeah, the Eels' edges are definitely weak, aren't they? And um, without Mitch Moses taking a, a dive every time a lead runner goes through, I don't know how they're going to defend anyone. And Sonny Luke just mustn't fit the number nine jersey. I think 14 just suits him better. To be fair, he's getting more minutes with uh, Jack Cogger there. But yeah, it's still it's it's almost a meme now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and you know right. what's got to be closely followed behind that is I hate ragging coaches, but I just cannot understand Brad Arthur's rotations. It is mind-boggling. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, he can motivate a team, but yeah, certain certainly question marks about that. We move on to the next game: the Warriors at home uh, against the Dragons, as we mentioned. So surely this is a flogging, right? Like. I don't think there's any ifs or buts on this one. I can't see the Dragons putting up a fight against the Warriors. I know the Warriors haven't been in the best of form themselves, but they're still putting on plenty of points regardless. And they might struggle against a better team. And luckily for them, they haven't been playing any of the better teams lately. It's worth noting Jackson Ford has been benched uh, for Josh Curran. I don't know. Is that just a... I haven't watched Ford that closely lately, so I'll admit that. Is there a form-related issue? Or is he maybe just getting him a bit of a breather because he's been starting and playing Eddie for so long? Or He has had some serious miles in the legs. And, and Josh Curran is a really good footballer, but he seems to be out of favour over there, doesn't he? He's often on the bench. He's often the first one dropped. So I, don't, I can't imagine it being a form thing because Jackson Ford is seemingly so much higher than Curran in the pecking order. But I don't think they lose much, to be fair. They probably lose a little bit of, I don't know, solidity but um, again a little bit of attacking upside with Curran I guess yeah I think that's a good summary I do rate Curran's super coach relevance because he's always been quite good when he gets big minutes so you know maybe for a draft head-to-head grand final something to look at there but I wouldn't be you know going out of my way to trade in Curran at this stage because again Ford could just be back starting next week I am surprised this is you know this was going to be a Jackson Ford revenge game (laughs) yeah no dragons at all that interest you, right? No, no, no. And not at all. No. Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Dolphins and Cowboys. This one is at Suncorp Stadium. For the Dolphins, they do get quite a few weapons back. So the Hammer back at fullback. Cody Nicarima gets to go back to the halves, and that obviously pushes Isaiah Katoa back to the bench or the extended bench, rather. They also get both edge back rollers back. So Connolly Lemuelu and Big Kbrom. Also gets the start on the edge. For the Cowboys, they've lost Jeremiah Nanai to a shoulder issue again. And unfortunately, my super pod that I recommended, Semi Valame, is out with a knee injury. I thought he did all right. He scored like, what, 70, 80 or something last week. I was I was patting myself on the back with uh, touting him as a bit of a smoky the last couple of rounds. <laughs> yeah, he's had an unreal super coach season, really, for a guy. And he went under the radar for so long. Like, it, he scored a ton in his first couple of games and still no one even touched him but um, yeah after last week yeah it was a good call and but now he's gone I think he still had some of that uh, Raiders semi Valame stink on him when he first uh, started but uh, I think as we watched him it looked like he was much more comfortable playing on that wing but yeah a bit rough there but that sees uh, Murray Talangi back 
out of the centers onto the wing. I assume he's on, on the left wing and then Carl Felt will move back to the right as per usual. So that might be interesting for thinking about which wingers would match up on who, especially Jermaine Asako. Looks like he's probably going to get a, be up against Murray Talangi, which is less than ideal. Much preferred him against Carl Felt, honestly. Yeah. But yeah, I think this is just how many points is Scotty Drinkwater going to score, right? Yeah, I think um, the edge of, of Robert Jennings and, and Jack Bostock are going to see some serious Scott Drinkwater. They might see the back of his jersey a few too many times. I'd love to have 850000 to bring him in this week, actually. Yeah, I think you know this might be the, the simplest trade if you have Latrell Mitchell, right? If you can obviously afford Latrell to drink here, that's the just just do it. Don't even think about it, right? Yeah. I mean, he's even got the goal kicking now. That's just that's just cheating. He doesn't deserve the goal kicking. <laughs> no, it's not good goal kicking to watch. It's certainly not Val's pure striking, but um, he still gets to throw him over. Better than Chad. Let's just put it that way. I don't know why he was he wasn't kicking ahead of Chad in the first place. It's amazing. I for, I forgot that Chad kicked for quite some time at the Sharks. Right, he was their kicker. Well, he was after Val left. Yeah, it was weird, right? He kicked for a season, then he came to the Cowboys, and Val's kicking again. So, yeah. <laughs> all right, move on to the Saturday game: Storm and the Titans. This one is at Amy Park. The Storm look Ryan Pappenhausen. He's floating there in the number nineteen jersey. He's been playing 80 the last two weeks in Q Cup, getting better and better, basically. I think if he does sneak onto the team, like surely he's coming off the bench, right? Yeah, I think we spoke about it a little bit earlier that they don't have the cheese or anyone sort of impact through the middle. So it's probably not the worst place to not disrupt sort of team dynamics, throw him in for a little 20-minute cameo at the back end of the game through the middle or even 10 minutes either side of halftime. There was some chat that he was training at 5'8 today. While uh, Cam Munster, I think, you know, congratulations, Cam, father for a second time on the Monday there. So, you know, maybe does, does Munster get a week off to spend with his newborn? <laughs> Perhaps the 5'8". The Make him dual position. Come on. Come on, Sangster. Do it for next that year. That would be fun. That would be good, wouldn't it? <laughs> I'd love to roll out and score a 25 this week and a 30 next week, and he's 250,000. <laughs> I don't think that's happening, mate. <laughs> Not against the Titans. But yeah, look, there's no guarantee even plays, but I think we're all hoping for it because we just want to see the guy back on the field, right? The NRL field. Yeah, it's been um, a long time. And he, yeah, he just seems like such a good guy. I've loved listening to him document his recovery. And um, yeah, he, he seems like a really good guy. His story's awesome. Like what he battled through, you know, he's always been written off as too too small, too light, but just full of heart, never, you know, just trains his butt off super fit and that's why he's that's why he got his shot and then he just didn't let that go basically and just yeah it's just crazy how things have happened for him yeah that's i think that's why so many people just love him and are rooting for him so keen for it Uh, josh king is out in this game and big nelson is starting at lock although we know with bellamy doesn't he's always happy to swap that around last minute (laughs) put him on the bench again or something the Titans are struggling, obviously. They've got uh, AJ Brimson at fullback, but they do, they, they've do they lost Jaden Campbell now. So uh, Kieran Foran, uh, returning from injury, partnering Tom Weaver in the halves, and Phil Sammy's out. So Jojo Fafita returns from his own injury to line up on the wing there. Uh, Payne Arsene's little brother, Cleese, is still starting on the other edge, opposite Fafita. Otherwise, look, this just looks like a storm 30-plus point flogging, doesn't it? Yeah, down at Amy Park, day game on uh, on Saturday there. I think it it could be ugly, especially with Munster not having much input last week. Um, it was all Jerome Hughes. It, it's not often two weeks go by without Cameron doing big things. And he'll be uh, on the left going up against Cleese Haas. No, yeah, Cleese Haas will be defending on the right there. So it could be who knows what. Do you think Eli Katoa, I mean, we were talking about him as a trade-in last week. Uh, Joe Fitz brought him in, him and his spare trades. We had trades to spare. Anyway, he brought him in and, and that's obviously pushed him up the rankings there. It's not too late, right? I, I think he's still a good shot to jump on this week. Dave Fafita, you know, weapon with ball in hand, but we've mentioned plenty of times his goal on defense is very questionable. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and um, yeah, Kieran Foran's not, he's a no- tough, but he's not the most noted defender really. And um, Katoa looks good. He is... With other than Nelson, I guess he is the Storm's sort of uh, attacking forward, and he he does run run some really 
high quality line. So look, I don't think it's too late just yet. Yeah, and look, this week and then next week he'll be running up against the Broncos at Suncorp Stadium, which I think the Storm love to turn up for, like I've spoken about. Tino's not a bad move to bring in, obviously. You know, he had a little bit of a quieter game last round, but you know, it's always tough when you're coming up against the Panthers. Uh, I think, you know, he's you know revenge game, right? <laughs> he's probably primed for a big game in this one. Not that I think he's going to go that well, but I can't, I mean, he's always a chance to score a try, isn't he? Yeah, and I think last week is the complete floor, right? 58 is his bottom, which is outstanding. Yeah, absolutely. Roosters and the Tigers. So I'm sure we all remember, you know, late, must have been around 23 or something like that last year, right? The Roosters, 72, I think, they end up scoring. And yeah. I believe you brought in Joseph Suali'i uh, yeah. for uh, 23 points or something like that. If it was that many, it's impressive. I think it was even less. But yeah, I think he scored 23 points and the back row scored 23 tries. Yeah, something like that. The wildest game ever. Look, do you think 70-odd is on the cards again this round? <laughs> no, no, I don't think it'll be 70. They don't need to score that many to get their points difference sort of back, but they do need to put on a be- a decent score. Um, I reckon Joey Manu is a chance of 70 tackle bus. Could well be. Obviously, Joey Manu lining up at fullback with Teddy out. Sam Walker returns finally from his ACL injury. ACL strain, not rupture or anything like that. It's It's been a weird season for Sammy, but it sounds like he's had some decent games in reserve grade and, and worked his way back to being fit enough for first grade. Corey Allen goes to center and JWH is back as well, which is obviously great for their forward pack there. For the Tigers, Jake Simpkins out for concussion concerns there. Appy Corosau moves back to hooker and Will Smith comes into the halves. Joey Manu, serious captaincy option, obviously, every time he's at fullback. If you were to bring in someone for the Roosters, right, because we just talked about the Roosters, good shout to probably, probably play both games here. I mean, I know you did it last time, Joseph Suali'i, not to great effect, but surely a little bit more tempting this time around, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's got to be within the realms of um, of looking at it. I think he's, he's at a good price. He's on an absolute tear. There's every chance Sam Walker maybe might not kick Maybe ACL sprain. I don't know if they would want him kicking. And Suli, he hasn't been kicking that badly. Um, although Manu isn't probably known for his out-the-back ball playing. It'll be more just catch it and run and I'm bigger than you. But, um, yeah, look, there's, there's going to be tries out there. It's just who gets them. Yep, I think that's a good good shout there. So uh, Sam Walker has been kicking in reserve grade, like goal kicking. So I dare say he's probably going to take it back off Suli, which is, I think it's not. Not ideal, but look, Suli could score three tries still easily, or four maybe, and and turn up that way. So I don't mind it. Like Junior Tupo on the wing, like he's a promising player, but he's just not ready. I don't think for weekly first grade, and he's easily a target in defence for the opposition. So there's been so many tries scored down his side. So yeah, this could be ugly again. Any other roosters that peak interest? No, I think Joey Manu is the the trade-in of the week quite clearly. And it obviously a lot of the trade-out options make it possible to get him in, right? If it's a fullback, maybe you can bring a 5'8 down and play him at 5'8 or, or maybe you bring a centre wing down and play him there. I think if you've got one trade left, I'd struggle to, to lead anyone in any other direction than, than Joey Manu. Asking for a friend, would you play Billy Smith this week? <laughs> oh, God, yeah, run him out there. He's looked unreal. Run him out there. Played him last week for 21 because of Brian Toto being a late withdrawal. <laughs> well, he scored more than Brian Toto did, so it was a good yeah, choice. Fair call. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, it wasn't that pleasant. I was, I was a little bit, I was mildly annoyed after benching him for his 80 and 70 or whatever he scored the last two weeks. And it just delivers me a 21 in my hour of need, but I won't hold it against <laughs> you, Billy. You can have another run this week. All right. Next game is the Raiders and the Broncos. This is at GIO Stadium, so home game for the Raiders. Still no Jack Whiten, as I mentioned before, but he's in the extended bench. Corey Horsburgh, apparently he passed his HIA, so I think he's going to be good to play, which great news for those with the big red in their teams. And lastly, Seb Chris is also an extended bench, which, I mean, with Jordan Rappiner having a blinder at fullback last round, uh, in, in more ways than one, like I don't see why they'd be rushing Seb Chris back out there anytime soon. 
Uh, it's funny. I mentioned Rapana as a left field pod two weeks ago. And I said, look, not against the Storm, but the game after, you take a punt on him. Obviously, with one trade left, it wasn't in my plans. But I do know Tim Moody took a flyer on him last round for his 160 points. So well done, Timmy. Yeah, well done, Timmy. I know he's got a fair few while well, he was big on his head-to-head. I hope that uh, got him in this couple of GFs. It surely have to 160 from a super pod like that. I'd hope it's so as well. And yeah, hopefully you can catch up with him real soon to check in and see if that eventuated there. But yeah, otherwise I'm not really going and targeting any Raiders players. Like They just haven't looked good for a long time, right? They're just really, really struggling on the field, aren't they? Yeah, it's it's amazing how they are where they are on the ladder. Um, I, I just their, their points difference shows that they've, they've just snuck in there. Look, Tomoko scored 96 last week, no big deal. But he's coming up against some good edge defense of the Broncos. So I wouldn't be steering anyone into him this week. So the Broncos obviously are missing Adam Reynolds, but Jock Madden's been doing a job in his absence. Corey Oates does get to return, finally gets to play his 200th game. Although Jesse Arthur's still floating around uh, after returning from his concussion issue. And he might be an option if Oates isn't 100% ready to go because of his knee issue. And otherwise, yeah, bench forwards uh, rotating a little bit there. Look, I know a lot of people have mentioned Reese Walsh as a potential replacement for Luttrell instead of going with a drinky or whatever if you can't afford drinky, for example. What are your thoughts on Walsh? I know you struggled for a long time to trust him. <laughs> he is hard to trust. He is really good to watch, though. Although I think the Raiders really turn up for this game. I think it's their last game at GIO for the year. Croker, Croker's goodbye. They they failed him miserably on his 300th, so... Um, I guess this is a chance for redemption, but as we as we as Reese Walsh has shown, he is he can beat up on the lesser teams, but he can also he, he showed New South Wales how, what he can do in a high quality game of football. So I wouldn't put anything past his speed. And look, maybe not having Reynolds might take away some of his space, but again, without Reynolds, he's probably asked to do more. So look, I don't hate it. I, I can't say it's a slam dunk, but I don't hate it. Yeah, I, it's it's hard, right? Because you could point to some of the previous games where he's not been as effective in attack because Reynolds hasn't been doing the things he's good at when he digs into the line, gives really good shape out the back. Last game, 123 against the Eels with Jock Madden at seven. Like, that didn't clearly didn't stop him, right? So, yeah, the guy's a freak. Great to watch as a Broncos fan and obviously, yeah, fun for Supercoach when he's, when he's on his game too. I'm not going out of my way to target too many other Broncos at this stage. So Payne Haas, obviously a beast if you got him. I think if you've got Brendan Piacura like me, like you're finding a way to get rid of him. But you know, with one tread left, it's pretty hard. Yeah, the edge backer on the bench is, is the worst position in Supercoach, isn't it? Right behind bench hooker slash Sonny Luke. Yeah. And Tom, you know what? Tom Starling is a prime candidate for Sonny Luke. Him and him and Sonny Luke are the same guy. Except I do remember Tom Starling scored like 140-something off the bench once. <laughs> one mere draft at Ted Grand Final. Yeah. Has Sonny Luke scored 140 for the whole season? I don't think so, honestly. <laughs> Bulldogs and Seagulls, this really feels like such an irrelevant game. But look, 2 p.m. and a core stadium, Sunday afternoon footy. The Bulldogs team are pretty much unchanged, shuffling some forwards around, I guess. Seagulls do have uh, Tolu Kola named at fullback. Brad Park returns from his head knock. Ben Trevojevic also returning from his head knock. And Joshi Schuster, the $800,000 man, dropping to 18th man as well. Now, exciting times. Uh, Gordon Chan Kum Tong is the new hooker on the bench, making his NRL debut. I know Seagulls fans are excited about this. They've been calling for Gordon to debut all season. But Lockie Crooks has been doing pretty well, honestly. Yeah, look, he's Lockie Crooks isn't um, he isn't exciting. But I remember we spoke about hookers midway through the season, and he'd, he'd gone on a tear just before we we had that chat, and I could not could not believe it. But um, yeah, Gordon was exciting in the preseason, and he's with a name like that. How can you not get around him? Yeah, plenty of uh, interesting nicknames, no doubt, will be thrown around there. Uh, like we talked about, you know, I think Garrick, you can probably trade him out. Like, even if he comes back next round, he's not going to hurt anybody, I don't think. It's tough, right? He does get to play the Tigers. So, look, I understand people trying to hang on to him. But, yeah, I personally, I'd just, I'd just be shocked if he's playing this week or next week. And I just don't understand why you'd put him at further risk of injury or, you know, that pain when there's yeah. really nothing on the line at all for the Seagulls. 
No, especially if there's a fight number seventeen for the um, for the Bulldogs, I think he can blue. So I wouldn't want to be in that with a broken neck. <laughs> Obviously, referring to uh, future boxing heavyweight champion Tavita Pangai. <laughs> yeah, I hope you didn't hear that. Sorry, Tavita. <laughs> hey, look, he's moving to boxing. He probably is probably happy that you're acknowledging the skills already. <laughs> Let's move on to the last game. This will be exciting. Knights and the Sharks, plenty to play for, obviously. Knights currently sitting in seventh, the Sharks in fifth, but they're one win apart, like one competition point apart. So, you know, the Knights potentially could set themselves to finish fifth and be in prime position for a home final if they knock the Sharks off here. So I do think they've got plenty to play for there. As we mentioned, Jackson Hastings named to return. Otherwise, the Knights are pretty much 1-17 to 17 outside of that one little switch there, uh, which is great. Obviously, that continuity for the Knights. Same for the Sharks, though. Same 1-17. to 17. Uh, They do have Oregon Confuci potentially returning from injury, but that'll probably just, you know, see him slow onto the bench. Yeah, I mean, who you got? Oh, look, it's game of the round, I think. I'm saving it till last. I think the Sharks. I really do. I think they're outsiders, but uh, I have to go the Sharks. I know go back four weeks, the Sharks were on an absolute train wreck but um, they've definitely picked it up and they look good they i love connor tracy he looks so good and um yeah i'm, I'm gonna go the sharks how about you mate i think i'm gonna stick with the knights just especially with hastings coming back like like i tipped the knights last round i just didn't think much of the rabbitos like i thought they'd just been going on very ordinarily even without hastings i just felt look knights at home they're at home again sunday afternoon footy yeah I haven't checked the weather, but if it's you know nice and sunny, like I'm going to back Kalen Ponga having another field day. Uh, just it's hard to go past him right now. He's just in sublime form, and the Sharks they're, they're better. But I think the Knights pack and hang with them, and that's probably where the Sharks really just yeah were, were effective last round. But I don't know. I just I got a feeling about the Knights. They got a, a real good vibe going on right now with the Knights. So sticking with it. Yeah, Newcastle would be buzzing right about now, you'd think. Be huge there. And fair play. I mean, I I was not very complimentary about them early in the season, but they've massively turned it around. And who knew, who knew putting Kellen Ponga back at fullback would trigger some nice form? Who would have thought? <laughs> yeah, the Delhi M is going to be uh, funny to watch because he will be nowhere and then he's just going to be make a charge up the leaderboard in the, the end of the season. You wonder if he missed too many games in the middle there, possibly, to, to keep himself out contention but who knows i mean it's just hard when it's such a subjective award right it is very very subjective any other particular names you want to shout out there no i think this week's um yeah quite a a regulation one to an extent there's a couple of really really good buys a couple of definite sells and then there's some good matchups for for some good teams early in the early in the round so there could be some teams going big i'd um be interested to see the being head-to-head finals week, both Ponga and Hines playing the last game. Look, you'd be a brave man to, to put the captaincy not on Joey Manu or, or maybe even Cleary, but if you hold till the end there, I reckon you'll be it'll be a pod captaincy move. Oh, this is, I mean, we, we normally chat captaincy in the next episode, but yeah, like right now I've got the vice captaincy on SJ and then captaincy on Ponga, just keeping it like that. But I mean, it's hard to argue with uh, the Joey Manu option as well. At least the VC on him, perhaps, and yeah, maybe keeping Hines and Ponga as a final game, final captaincy. These are all the fun head-to-head shenanigans you can certainly play around with. All right, I think that's all the teams. Plenty of chat about that. Jumping over to the group competition with two rounds to go. Uh, thanks to our friends at TylerMade, who stand for excellence in wall and floor tiles. We have a new leader in our group competition. Frank, coach of Frank Tanks, up to 10th overall. So well done. Tracksuit territory for you there. Edwin, the coach of Lux for Losers, slipped a little from 9th to 13th. Edwin, get yourself back into the top 11. You deserve a tracksuit after having such a good season for so long, so get yourself back there. Obviously, whoever hangs on for the next two weeks, 500 bucks cash overall from us as our reward uh, for a great season, on top of, obviously, everything you win officially there. If you come second or fourth, you can get a platinum subscription for 2024 to Rugby League Fantasy Pro. That Platinum subscription includes access to all four of their fantasy apps, including Supercoach Pro, Fantasy Pro, DraftStars Pro, and Punter Pro. It's valued at 90 bucks per subscription there. If you come 5th to 10th in the group, you can get a $30 voucher to use in the 2024 season. That basically covers the cost of Supercoach Pro, or you can apply it to any of the other subscription packages. 
we've been raving on about it all season. Honestly, it's a cheat code, especially for head-to-head. Anyone who wants to know how many trades their head-to-head comp opponent has, and we've provided they're ranked high enough, basically. They don't have access to every single team in the whole 150,000 database, but if you're ranked high enough, you'll be included. And yeah, you can know exactly how many trades, how many boosts, all of that. There's so much information on that app there for Supercoach Pro, so it's just amazing. Check out rugbyleaguefantasypro.com for more info about what is offered. We do thank Adrian and the team at Rugby League Fantasy Pro for their generosity. All right, Matt, as time ticks on to the second last round of your reign as champion, uh, what are your final words of advice for those up the pointy end right now? Yeah, up the pointy end is uh, enjoy it, right? You've got two rounds left to really, where every every decision you make actually will mean something. Like we're just talking talking through the from the hip right now in 3,000s, maybe your decisions mean something. I'm coming 15,000s and out of all my games. So no one really cares what I have to say. But um, when you're up there, enjoy it because you never know what will happen next year. That's a fair shout. Now, what if you were, say, you know, maybe 200 points back from the overall lead with two rounds to go? What, are you, what moves are you thinking about? I think it's a... Um, you can go out on just go out on a limb with a random captain, like really swing from the hip. If you've got, uh, I can't think of someone, but maybe even a, a DWZ or, or a winger or, or someone. Yeah, swing from the hip for a captain and, and hope for the best. There's no point finishing um, to if you've come in, say fiftieth, you might as well aim for the top ten. There's there's no difference between fiftieth and and two hundredth, right? You get the same stuff. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, that's some merit there. I think if you are in the top ten, you might want to consider, you know, how realistic it is for you to get to, you know, first or second compared to, you know, actually slipping out of the top ten because that does make a bit of a difference cash wise. I think for me, my suggestion, my advice to pair with that might be, you know, if you don't want to risk the captaincy too much, the other option might be you've got to think about who this round's Jordan Rappiner is going to be. You're going to try find that. 150 plus upside there, low ownership guy that no one else is going to think about and just you know swing for the fences that way. It's probably my bet, especially when there's so many, you know, when Ruben Garrick, so many people have Garrick, not going to have him this round. So why not take a punt on him? So many people can't play AJ this week. That's the type of swing I reckon you're going to be looking at. And center wing is probably where you're going to find it. Or maybe, I guess, you know, maybe you find don't find this round's Jordan Rappiner. You maybe you're finding this round's Eli Katoa or something like that. It's worth a shot. Anyway, good luck to everyone in contention. It's stressful, but it it's also a blast. It's a it's a thrill unlike anything you really experience as Supercoach. So enjoy it, as Matt says. Uh, it's definitely something that you want to enjoy while you while you're in contention there. And thanks for listening. We'll catch you again real soon. Champion, champion.